This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagne, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Fast to Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for October 3rd, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. And you can follow us on Twitter. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You click the red box that says sponsor this podcast and you set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors I'm one of your hosts. It's your pal, Mike Spears. Join alongside, as always, Case Low. In case I did not bring this up intentionally as we were talking about uh, my soil issues, my literal soil issues. Uh, but I, I think I tried a what I think is the most disgusting Coke variant this weekend. Okay. Y3000. Have you seen Y3000 about anywhere? I, I believe so. Let me do a quick Google here just to make sure I've seen this. And uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have. It, it's supposed to be Coke from the future. And I think that Coke now is just applying labels on it because I feel like it tasted just like the Dream World one that you had me try that one time. Yeah, that's it, what I I actually I thought they had just redone the Dream World. I didn't realize this was something new. Yeah, like the the one thing I'll say is instead of it being like dream world had like that kind of cherry vanilla taste to it that was not necessarily this 
this was one created by artificial intelligence, allegedly. And it was like a weird dreamsicle kind of thing, but not really good at all. Uh, I'm looking to see what they, uh, how they describe this here. It's, it was made by insights gathered both by human and artificial intelligence that helped inspire the unique Y3000 experience. It sounds terrible. That sounds like a bunch of corporate mumbo jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, this website, uh, which looks like an AI website, is saying that allegedly it's supposed to have hints of chai tea. I love chai tea. Did not get that whatsoever. I do not love chai tea, but now that you've brought this up, I will, of course, be giving this a shot, and I will be reporting back. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'm interested in seeing what you have to say about it. It's one of the ones that I saw this at CVS, and I was like, well, damn, I've got to try it, and did not make it past my car ride back home. Did That's not too make bad. it that far. But we are here this week talking about uh, Dragon Gate as finally October is here, and not to editorialize too much case, I think we could probably put September 2023 behind us and Dragon Gate probably does as one of the, I think, if not one of the more boring months, but also one of the most dissatisfying months in recent Dragon Gate years. We're in October. That's great because we have coming up ahead this week, we have Biodin on Thursday, Corkin on Friday, and then Gate of Origin on Monday. Do you think we've finally escaped this bad September? I hope so. You know, it's kind of two sides of the coin and neither side is good. You know, on one side, you can look at it as a very boring month where not a lot happened other than establishing a main event program, which we'll talk about and that I, I think Dragon Gate deserves a lot of credit for. On the other, you know, one of the most cursed months in history you know I, I don't remember if minorita got hurt i think he got hurt mid-august but we'll lump him into this conversation you lose minorita who was a champion you now lose fuda at least for a short period of time nagano it seems like for an extended period of time and that is without addressing the elephant in the room the tn revolution injury which i you know it's one of the most depressing things i've i've ever heard I, I, in the context of dragon gate it is really really bad news and the statement that was sent out from the dragon gate english account you know, it's it's probably not fair to editorialize and assume subtext in digital word, but that wasn't a cheery he's gonna be out for some time message. You know what I mean? Like that was that was bad news all the way around. Yeah, and from a company that usually the most they will say is one of these kind of things. It it is something where you compare and contrast that Kaito Nagano, they're already saying, like, hey. At the very least, he signed for a match on the 20th. He's not going to be on that match. Uh, very clearly hurt his shoulder in the last few minutes of the Decourage versus Rookie Selection Triangle Gate uh, tournament match. But it is something that when you look at this and the way that Revolution went down and the way that everything has been kind of quiet for the last week and to the extent that I did not hear an update from anything, anyone leading up to this case, did you? No. Yeah. And the fact that we did, this is, I, unless there is something where the swelling made it seem better than it was, which I don't think that's what it is, to be honest here. Like, and that's just me just guessing. I just can't look at this as anything other than, hey, maybe, I, I, I don't expect to see uh, Tian for the remainder of this year after seeing that. No, I think, I think the people that you and I normally, normally talk to, 
they're eager to talk when the news isn't as bad as it seems. And it's been largely radio silence on this one. I think everybody is, is in, uh, it's a grim affair over there, over this. At at least with the Fuda thing, like I watched the entire show with that. I think like, okay, let me see when Fuda like jacks his hand up. And it was one that like, I, there's been no announcements about Fuda. He's not on the cork and card, but it is something where, Maybe it is hoping to get him through Monday in his hometown before going like, okay, he's going away again for a little while. Like, that's my guess right now. That's the hope. You know, I, I, Drangi did a lot of good in the direction of Rio Fudo over the month of September. That's one of the few positives we can take away from this. I really thought they came close to hitting a home run with him uh, on the show that he got hurt. I thought he was awesome in Kobe Sambo Hall this past weekend. And, of course... You know, now he's down with a hand injury. So hopefully he can make it back for Gate of Origin and have that Brave Gate match. Yeah, I just now saw it was uh, posted a couple days ago, like during the weekend, like almost right after the uh, uh, the show from uh, uh, Kobe Summer Hall this weekend uh, that uh, he was pulled from the show and Mie, he had a match with Kai announced. And then soon after the Corkin card, the full Corkin card at least, was announced and he was left off of it. It's... Yeah, I, I, it's something with like Fuda. I look at this as kind of like a, oh man, really? Whereas Nagano's thing, uh, I guess we're doing injuries up top, uh, but uh, Nagano's shoulder injury, I felt like in Kobe coming off like of a double drop kick kind of thing, he toughed it out, like probably to his detriment, but it was something that I, you know, one has to. To wait and how things have been with people's shoulder injuries in this company that i'm not super optimistic about it either well that's that's the painful part of all of this is you know tian gets hurt on a stomp nagano gets hurt on a drop kick uh, th- these guys aren't going out there and dropping themselves uh on their head or doing risky dives to the floor and getting hurt that way we're talking about basic 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 things and they are are being met with the worst possible scenario, uh, seemingly on, on every show now, there's something new. And that is taxing. You know, it, it's one thing again when, you know, you see Ben K take a knee to the face and he gets knocked out. And you go, okay, Ben's going to be gone for some time, you know, but but he'll be okay. And then you just, you know, again, Nagano, I've got my, my eyes laser focused on this match to see when he, he gets hurt. And it's on a drop kick. And it's just like, oh my God. Like, I, I'm not... I, I'm not mad at him. I'm not disappointed with him. It's just one of those things where you look up at the universe and you think, oh my God, is this really what we're doing right now? You know, TN wasn't bad enough. Minorita wasn't bad enough. We're going to lose this guy to a drop kick. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it's with Nagano being at the spot where I mean, like the, the topic of Nagano has been like, where has he been? You know, like not taking those steps. Like I remember a couple weeks ago in case when's the last time you've seen a, uh, space world and yeah it was something that it felt like that this match in a lot of ways was a i i thought like his performance in that match was not necessarily like the highlights that we were seeing like through his first few months on the roster but it was something that i i, I feel like a lot of his shakiness kind of was improving to that point and then you know just dropkick something that even at his point of career he's probably done hundreds of in practice you know yeah for, the, for those that haven't seen the match he drop kicked madoka kakuta off the apron and then he just somehow fell directly onto his shoulder i, I don't i i mean 
it's one of those he could do this again he could do this 100 times 99 times he's gonna roll out like normal in this one he just somehow took all of his weight directly onto his shoulder yeah it's just one of those things and i think that it's a situation that when you like at least with revolution we knew that he was one of the few things happening in September, like that there was going to be movement on him and probably around him. You you couple that with Nagano, who maybe not unit wise with at least how the company has moved over recent years, but ready for that kind of step. And then Fuda getting that push. And I think that when you look at it in concert, it just kind of like takes you back and it, it, it gives you shows like, well, what we're going to see on Friday. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, when you when a lot of things were based around these these kids and they get hurt, then we're back to the uh, Triangle Gate and then the now uh, officially announced uh, Kakuda versus Shimizu at Gate of Destiny, the build to that. So it's just one of those things that I just I was really hoping to get some unit movement for the uh, future kids by the end of this year. And it just seems like by hook or by crook, it's not happening. Yeah, especially in the case of Fuda, it, it seems like, all right, we got to do something with him now. You know, for so long, he was the lowest ranked guy on the roster, and I don't think I'd put him there now. I think he's elevated himself. Even if it's, say, just above Daiki and Tanaka, it's still movement, and he's got a title match coming up. It would be nice to see him be able to find his way into a unit. What what I think is is really important is, if you notice, when these young guys are still out there, the seconds, let's say it's a Yoshiki Kato match. The seconds are Nagano and Tanaka and Daiki and occasionally Fuda and occasionally Junior. Junior has been out a lot more than someone in his card position has needed to be. Yes, and, and if I were Dragon Gate booking, I would be challenging myself to by the end of the year, make that kaput. Make sure that Junior is solely aligned with whether it's M3K or a young guy's unit, make him a part of that and only a part of that and get these young guys broken up, get them doing something, whether it's with Yamato and Dragon Kid and Doi and Punch, or I, I don't care what it is, get them doing something. Yeah, and it's something that now I eyes go to Tanaka, eyes go to Daiki, uh, and eyes go to Kato. Like, like that's like kind of how, it, it, it's like such a wild thing. Uh, thinking about the future project and the way that like before uh new japan was starting to get their dojo refilled dragon gate was several years of producing these guys and it's it's something and, and, and for those that don't know how did dragon gate or i'm sorry how did new japan replenish their dojo oh by taking away their anachronistic size policy and by mimicking what company dragon gate yep okay all right go ahead yeah but it is something that with like dragon gate debuting four six three and enough that you would see a roster and i think there's like pretty good delineation points now of post 2018 uh dragon gate era torimon era like it's something where like there is if we went through and kind of put them in their groups i think we'd find a relatively a, a somewhat of a balance but it is something that with these all these kids and i know that we've gone down the list of them but so many times before it I would love for somehow to actually get everyone healthy at the same time. It just feels like that that has not been something that's been possible. No, I actually think we talked about that at the beginning of the month that, oh my God, these guys are finally all healthy at the same time. And uh, forget that. 
Right. Yeah. So forget that. Uh, forget uh, what might be happening with the uh, rookie selection in the Triangle Gate tournament. They obviously were going to lose to D Courage, but it was one of those things that, that took the wind out of the sails getting out of that show. Not the only things happening from this Kobe show from the 30th. Uh, the main event was the last match in Big Boss Shimizu versus Reiwa Generation Leaders as Big Boss Shimizu overcome the 2023 King of Gate and the last man to defeat him in a singles match. Kota Minora winning with the shot put slam immediately afterward making the challenge for his hometown in Osaka. Gate of Destiny main event has been set and case i'm not going to i how do you feel now that i'm not going to bring up anymore but what if they don't do it at, in osaka I, i'm thrilled you know this is this is the right decision now there are problems with this match that we can address but big picture just looking at it head on i think they've nailed the build to this you know i i think shimizu feels hot i think this is the best run of shimizu's career and i'm curious to know if you think otherwise and this has been a six-month story in an era when you think about, you know, for how long Rio Saito has been booking Dragon Gate now, it's a lot of month-to-month, maybe two months, and really some of the longer-term feuds have been, a, like, like light-hearted. Like, I think about, like, Dragon Daya versus Don Fuji and stuff like that that was spread out over the course of a few months. This is a six-month program that was set up in May at a Big Five show and is now gone throughout the very least november of this year and i think every step along the way has been super entertaining so i I am into this match uh the the dreamgate match in november i loved shimizu versus minora and kobe not as good as their king of gate final but a match that i went four stars on and i think shimizu's the the right guy for this moment i really like the work that he's been doing yeah i uh largely echo i was four and a quarter but i was four and a half on the king of gate match i think everything they've done with shimizu i don't think you could say without being a liar that they haven't protected him kind of babied him every step along the way very reminiscent about babying kakuda to the finish line at dead or alive and it is something that yeah no they've they've gotten to that point with shimizu where it is something that in on may 5th it was an obvious slight for him to be used as like no you are not on this level we are on this level and just showing it over the last uh, five months and i think it's something where when we get to uh when we get to Adrian arena it's something where I think I'm now fully aboard the the fact that just because well like when you have a title program you have to look on the other side of the coin, Kakuda's dead in the water. Like I think it like there's no momentum to him at this point. It, it is something where it's not like a big step back. The story was told. He made that step and opened the door to that new era. But I don't think you could look at anything that they've done on one side of this title feud and be satisfied with it, frankly. It, it, it is something that everything with Shimizu, exactly. And if it is something that they have been setting up, that's been spending the six months, essentially is the entirety of Madoka Kakuda's title run to prepare everyone for the Shimizu title run. That's all right. I get it. You told the story with Kakuda, but I don't have to like, it. it, it is something like that they've 
it feels like in this now that we everything's kind of come to the head that they could have done more with Kakuda in the meantime while Shimizu was on this road, right? I, I agree with that. And, and I think big picture, this is my complaint with the match. My stance on Kakuta's Dreamgate run have the matches been as great as we would want them to be? No, they have not. I also think he hasn't been put in a position to succeed. You go back to the Yoshioka match, this odd babyface versus babyface battle of respect match that nobody really connected with. You go to the Minora match, and they kind of both worked as a babyface. Like it was, it was very awkward because Minora had this great run to the title. He beats Yoshioka in this heroic hometown match. He beats Shimizu, where he's obviously the smaller guy. And then again, you're you're in this position where Kakuta and Min- Minora were almost working at both like tweeners. Like neither of them wanted to commit one way or another. And now my fear is that we've built Shimizu up and all logic is saying Shimizu should be the babyface. Think about the Ben K match in Cork and Hall. Shimizu worked underneath for about 12 minutes straight. This guy was getting decimated and dominated by Ben K, and he's the one that made the fiery babyface comeback. And that has been a reoccurring theme in all of these Shimizu singles matches. Logic would say, okay, Shimizu's going on his hometown. He is the guy who's been working underneath. He's going to be the babyface here. The problem is that D Courage now exists as the ultra babyfaces in Dragon Gate. They are, as we've said a number of times, the main characters in this promotion. They're the guys that sell the merch. They're the guys that have the longest meet and greet lines. They're the guys that ultimately people care about. They are the hometown, uh, you know, home team, rather, babyfaces. They are Dragon Gate. They are representing this company more than anybody else. It's going to be awkward for Kakuta to position himself as a heel, but I also think that's exactly what he has to do. They could run into, despite six months of doing the right thing and getting to the right match in the right building, which I was very concerned they wouldn't do, they are now still being met with the problem that Kakuta had in July and then he had in August. And I think if he would have had a defense in September or October, he might have had that same issue. I don't know how to solve this. Yeah, and it is something I think with that and talking about Kakuta, some of some of it is that where were the heels? Like you beat Shun, you were not gonna go back to Shun. No one else in Zebrats other than Kai you could have put to that level. And unless you were going to do the turns, it just feels like that 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 the company went babyface versus babyface at a time where it now you're 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 looking at doing it again. And without like any sort of like pull, I guess, it just kind of at a certain point, I don't know what the point is, you know? Kind of like if it's babyface versus babyface at this and you're heel units are just basically kind of doing the same old thing then shouldn't we blow this up and relook at decourage because we're now at a point with them as main characters and i think that you look at the crowd you talk to the people and you look at how the company has gone going with decourage as the main character has made sense for the last 18 months i think that it was the right first step before really solidifying the new generation leaders but it is something now that we've really have to come to terms with the fact that when you look at the landscape, when you look at the frontline players, it's all so heavily baby-faced that it's something where maybe if you were able to have a couple more heels, like maybe get, throw the money at Ada, get him to do a six-week a six program building up to 
Oda City or Sendai. Just give something there because at, at this point, when it's going to be Shimizu versus Kakuda in Osaka, I don't know how the crowd is going to like really get be- behind uh, Kakuda as a heel when they've been given no reason to or like nothing of be- the reason why I say like there's not been enough face and heel matchups. I I just to kind of uh go to that is that there it's not engendering any sort of emotion at a point where you're able to do the flip like that's one of the the things about doi and yamato is that they had the ability to they they have and have the abilities to do that and i don't know if kakuda does because we haven't really presented him a battlefield of which for him to kind of get that and uh, that level of support i made the argument in june when that match between kakuta and yoshioka was booked that this should start the fragment of decourage Yoshioka should lean heel and Yoshioka should eventually turn heel. I thought D courage had served their point up to that point for 18 months, 12 months, uh, just about with Kakuta. And I felt like we were ready for something new. Do I think they're an active detriment to the promotion? No, I do not. But I also think we're in a point now where the promotion is almost being held hostage by these rigid baby faces when their baby face champion is wrestling nothing but other likable baby faces. We're in a very awkward spot here. You know, I, I would hope, and I could ask you this on October 3rd, a month out from the match, who do you think is going to win, Kakuta or Shimizu? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think should win? The answer to all three of those are Shimizu. Mm-hmm. Like, frankly, I don't know. Like, like other than the, uh, the the idea that you do some turns, I guess, but if Daya turns heel, He's not a Dreamgate challenger. Like, you don't really have, like, that added thing here. If Yoshioka turns hard heel, you might be able to get some sort of emotion there. And I think when you've gone babyface versus babyface for so long, you need to have a heel reaction at a certain point. And to, to, uh, here's something that I've been thinking about today, Case, that I wasn't ready to do this today, but I am going to plop this on you. Okay, I'm, I'm like, ready to be plopped. And I feel like that this, in, in a lot of ways, kind of gets to the real point here. For all we know, and inside and outside, it uh, we're on the same page about this. For all we know, Ryo Saito is the primary booker. Yes. And has been the primary booker since the August of 2021, if I'm right. Yes. Like, right after Yoshino's retirement. So, we, so, so now he's had a full two years, 26 months. Do we think he's doing a good job as a booker at this point? Because I think that's kind of what this is. Like, we look at how the units are. We look at how the Dreamgate has been booked over the last two years. And even a little bit leading up to uh, Rio Saito taking over that role uh, officially. But I think we could say that tendency that was shown in 2021 reared its head again the next straight year. So I think we can draw a conclusion there or draw an inference. But I don't know if Rio Saito is a good booker. And it is something where I look at the landscape and I just, I, I'm kind of coming to the thing that I don't know if, if his booking is actually helping out the promotion anymore. Okay, let's, let's really slow this down and look at this from a few different angles. You know, I told you I'd plop this on you. This is good. This is, you know, I, I'm okay with it being plopped. This also could have been 10 hours of research, but I'm, we're going to fly by the seat of our pants here because that's more fun. So if we go back to August of 2021, is there a single iconic moment that comes to mind in the same way 
as and I'll, I'll use the example of Shingo turning on BB Hulk in 2008, doing the dance and hitting the exploder suplex. I think you and I both recognize that as uh, an A-level top tier Dragon Gate angle in history. One of the most memorable moments there's ever been off the top of your head. And there's a, a, a very strong chance that you and I are going to forget some of these moments because, again, we're doing this, you know, as, as we're discussing it, we're sort of fleshing this out. Do you think there has been at least one of those moments in the last two and a half years? Yes, I would say the uh, 12-1-2021. I would say the double, uh, the, the uh, mask versus mask tag match with uh, Dragon Daya uh, losing. I think that that was the clearest thing to a end of World One kind of emotional moment. I think that's a great poll. I I would I would throw that in there, and I would throw the cage match from this year at World. I I think that is something that people are going to remember for a very very long time. I mean the the match you referenced, I I've never been more stunned by a finish in my entire life. You know I, I think it might be up there is the single most shocking moment in Dragon Gate history, the cage match, whereas sort of the evolution of that feud, because it can a lot of it can be tied back there, it was the right result. It was the satisfying result. It was everything that we expected and it delivered as such. So at the very least, you can give him two iconic moments. Do any more come to mind before I, I continue my line of questioning? I would say that you have that, you have the cage match. Those two are that the the one that I would say not to that level, but I think for uh, the real ones, it is was the the, the surprise debut of Mochizuki Junior. Mm. Yeah, that uh, that caught me off guard. <laughs> it was not uh, not but ready like, for that when that happened. But out of like grand emotive moments that if we want to look at Rio Saito's turn, th- there's been a couple of them. I, I I think that's fair to say it it's something that he's been able to at least capture the heightened drama that we've seen throughout the uh, remaining uh, 23 years of the promotion. Yes. What do you think about the match quality compared to different eras? If we want to look at, you know, the, the beginning of the promotion in Torimon, the early years of Dragon Gate, the late 2000s, you know, when you have the big six coming to fruition, you have, say, a golden era there of 2013 to 2016, the era after that, and then sort of Saito's era, where would you rank the match quality historically? I think that it is kind of uh, something where the match quality might be a shade off, but it is something that I don't know if we can purely attribute that to Saito. I think there's a lot of other things that kind of happen with it. It's not that I disagree with this being made a point. It's just that, I think that when you've looked at how the uh, roster has changed, that has also influenced that somewhat too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a deal where I, I, I guess let me phrase it to you this way. Do you think, Oh, I don't know how I want to, I, I don't know how I want to ask this. I do think Saito is responsible for it to a degree because Saito is obviously the one putting together matches. And I guess my, my larger point here is I actually think this has been, a relatively healthy match quality point for the company in its history. I think it's certainly better than say 2007 to 2010, maybe 2006 to 2010. It's stronger than the very early days of Torimon, just simply because there's guys with more experience on the roster. And I also think it's better than that 2017 to late 2018, basically 2017 through Pox return 
I think it's better than that. And I think that's uh, partially by way of Saito putting forth really strong matches on paper, those matches delivering. The difference is it doesn't peak as high as 2003 Torimon. It doesn't peak as high as 2005 Drangate. It doesn't peak as high as 2013 through 2016 Drangate. And I think that is what a lot of people, Western fans, are hung up on. Yeah, and I should say it's a shade less, but also acknowledging the fact that over his tenure, I've had more, no, 20, I almost said more five-star matches, and I realized, no, R.E.D., mem- Loser Must Disbands happened technically before he was GM. So, yeah, like, it's something where I think that a lot of how at least entering Dragon Gate has kind of gotten to, it, it has been a little bit, if I would say one thing, kind of a correction to how things were changing in the company 2018 2019 and it does feel not necessarily like a full like return to tradition in ways but it does feel like i would say that the tenor of the ring style has kind of i, I don't want to call it like neo, it, i feel like i'm almost like sniffing my own farts by describing it this way i'm not i don't want to call it neoclassical toriumon but it is one of those things where it, you, you see the point i'm trying to make though Yes, I, I I do I do I, you know it's uh it's it, it's an interesting era. I'll I'll ask you this finally uh, as we sort of discuss Saito. I have one more question after this, but in terms of units, in the last eighteen months or two 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 years rather two years, have there been iconic units in the in the history of Drangi that have taken place during this time period? This is where I think I'll get people mad at me, and okay. I, I it's something where I. With some of the other stuff we'll talk about later on in the program, I have have been kind of looking backwards at units that now we have five, six years distance. Outside of natural vibes, I am not confident that any of these units uh, will have the kind of nostalgia. I, I think natural vibes, longevity, and looking at like just the people who came through it and how it's really kind of elevated the roster, we'll look back at natural vibes fondly i think that they their legacy is cemented m3k will get i I, want to stop you there with vibes real quick that is absolutely a testament to saito's regime saito's era for making natural vibes feel fresh and urgent losing genki losing susumu adding shimizu adding strong machine j finding the right use for jason and jackie at different times that is absolutely a credit to him at least during this era and I would say probably one of the biggest credits. Uh, but I think you look at the rest of the unit landscape over the last few years, uh, M3K will be rolled into whatever thoughts we have about the overall M2K legacy. I think that it's just naturally like this is the fourth M2K. Like we have to acknowledge the fact that it is in part of a continuity. Outside of that, I think that personally, I have found myself less interested by the heel units over the last uh, 26 months i think that one of the things that uh the booking has gone to that has really handicuffed handcuffed to the uh the roster and handcuffed the shows is by having a heel unit be so small you are basically not only restrained by the amount of matches you can do on the card and the, uh, the idea that you're gonna have a lot of shades of gray baby faces out there if you don't have a big enough heel unit to make it work or baby faces that are willing to show shades of gray don't think we've seen any of that whatsoever over the last two years but when you have like zebrats at a point where it's 
four guys and you could do basically a singles match with Ishan and then the the three caps names guys in a trios. I think that that is something that yeah, SBK and that that that's unfortunate, but going all the way back case, how long have I said Zebrats is restraining the cards? I've been yeah, saying you, it since you've the start. you've been on that for quite a while. And it's something that when you look at the other units, I mean, lest us forget Team Boku being a recent thing. Like, there's been a lot of kind of uh, ephemeral units. Like, Kung Fu Masters has been, like, a fun thing, and we've kind of kept them in that box. But high-end... I, 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 I would argue not enough is being done with Kung Fu Masters. Right. I really yeah. like their match in Kobe. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it, it, it's something where, like, that, that that's the problem with Kung Fu Masters is, well, how much is too much Kung Fu Masters? I think we both would argue you could probably turn on... We could probably have a little bit more Kung Fu Masters on these cards. But... I, I, I was just I was just on the Gaiora sh- uh, website, the, the shop, and I was like, hmm... Hey, do, do I want a Kung Fu Masters t-shirt? I, I really like the work they do. <laughs> yeah, but when you like, so you have that, but then you have what I think when we well, when we get into Dragon System 25 next year, case one of the things I'm going to throw on you is make a list uh, on like some dead week, make a list of your five worst units all time. High end might be threatening over generation and deep drunkers is number one. Oh, they're not number one. I mean... You have over generation at you least have elevated for people. That. Yeah, Antios is going to be like I, I like the fact that Antios exists because I could defend Deep Drunkers. So oh, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. No, I mean, look, high end, high end sucked. I hated them. They were not enjoyable at all. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them on that level. I mean, you did. I mean, did over generation really elevate anybody? Oh, Lindemann. I, I, I don't know. I feel like. Look, Look at I feel, like his, I feel like his heel turn is where he really started to take off, and I didn't even like that heel turn because that's when he was painting his face and he had that rope with him. I wasn't into that at all, but that's when his stature in Dragon Gate certainly made it seem like he was elevated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, Ishida. By the time that over generation was done, Ishida became like the the breath of fresh air and maximum that was completely kind of like just, just Doi Yoshi and Jason for a while. I yes, but I would attribute Ishida's elevation to maximum and not over generation, which is maybe me being nitpicky. But I I don't look back at Ishida's over generation time and go like, oh, that was the start of something special. I think about that with him and maximum. And the controversial one, Overgeneration might have kind of been when Ata figured out how to be like the charismatic heel because he look, did the exact yeah. opposite. Well, I mean, look, we're almost a we're, think about this. We're almost a decade removed 
from over generation ATA. And all I've wanted for the last eight years is 2015 ATA. That's all, yeah. all I've wanted. You, you just want the trash bag dinosaur back. Yeah, I just that's <laughs> that now thoughts. that's for old listeners. That's for old <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, I just I just want Ata versus Liger and Ata versus Tozawa. It's you know I I don't I don't need him doing chair spots. I I want him doing swanky technical moves. Yeah, it, that that is very true. Uh, I just it, it is something that I look at the unit landscape and I feel like that that is the biggest indictment of Rio Saito. I think that is something that we we going through the last five weeks and seeing how constrained the cards are. And some of that has been the fact that Shin's been in America. Like that is true. And that is something that we could talk about the positives and negatives about DG and USA now coming to almost its second year to the close almost in a weird way. But it is something that I think it's undeniable that when you have these three, four member units, which I think have been the, the trademark of unit composition under Rio Saito. I, it constrains your card and makes him worse. Okay, but with Zebrat specifically, this unit started the year with six guys because it was Shun, Kai, Hyo, and Ishin, and then it was SB Kento, and it was Diamante. And it just so happened that Diamante got hurt on a Noah show this year and was forced to miss a bunch of time. So they were down to four because obviously SB Kento was in Mexico. And then they got Diamante back for a minute, and it looked like they were going to get Kento back, and then that didn't happen. And then they were back down to four, and then, of course, three with Shun leaving for a month and a half. They, they were circumstantially four guys. I don't think that's the way they drew it up, but then you'd have to go to the, you know, the unaffiliated or to, again, you know, maybe my idea with D-Courage and Yoshioka. You then have to turn somebody heel. I don't think this was drawn up on the whiteboard as a four-person heel unit. I think unfortunate circumstances have led them there. I think that you could very easily turn Yoshiki Kato heel, and you have a heel heater in Zebrats, and he would be at a good point for that. Fair. Like, like I understand, like not as things haven't gone as planned, but at a certain point, like you have to kind of book with your back against the wall and kind of do that. And I don't know with having Zebrats at four, Gold Class at four, D Courage at three, M3K at four, that that really has helped out anyone when you have these restrained things like why not have don fuji go zombie veteran again like that is one thing that when when they were able to adjust to things in the past we saw doidarts and zombie veterans going into matt blanky like they've shown the flexibility to adapt to this before but instead they've said pat and i think it's been to the active detriment of the company so i'm going to ask you a very subjective question because i think for everybody the answer is going to be a little bit different but Let's look at where Drangate is now, and let's look at where it was 10 years ago. And if you really want to get in-depth with this exercise, we can go back to 2003 as well. Do you think this era of Dragon Gate has less fun than previous eras of Dragon Gate? Because going back to Zombie Fuji as, you know, as a heel, that made, me, that made me think of this. Yeah, I... Funness is kind of one of those things that I think maybe with a lot of the departures, it's been hard for the company to be fun, you know, to be mm -hmm. as fun as it was before. There's just, it, you know, it, it's odd because there are things that I wish Dragon Gate did more of, you know, uh, complicated multi-man matches, a lot of rules, a lot of different, you know, styles of being 
Uh, I, I think they've they've gone back to some over the top gimmicks, even if they're presented more so in a, in, you know, in a clear Ultimo Dragon presentation than a maybe you know a Shima presentation. It's just odd because some of the things that I miss from Dragon Gate are now happening in Gleet, and I watch them there, and I go, oh well, this this feels dated, this feels off, and I don't know if it's just an example of everything in in Gleet, you know feels like diet soda to me it's just not the real thing and so thus i'm i'm less interested or if maybe i you know the era of nanowa style elimination matches has just passed us and wrestling has evolved past that but i also think no i'd really like to see some of that stuff in dragon gate still you know i i do think this is a promotion that for as much as i still enjoy it for as much as i love it i still think I still think this year it's the, it's either the second or third best promotion in the world. I mean, no one to me is touching CMLL, but it's it's hard for me to differentiate Trangate between AEW or New Japan. I mean, I just straight up have not liked most AEW this year. Uh, the high-end stuff is awesome. The high-end stuff is the highest-end stuff in the world, but there's been so much dreck and so much stuff that I hate in that company. I don't think I could vote for them in the top three in New Japan is that to a lesser degree, you know, the high end stuff is incredible, but there's also just a ton of new Japan stuff that I'm not interested in. The one little sprinkle that is missing from Drangate is, is not the match quality. It's not developing young talent. The booking as we're discussing now is not perfect, but they've certainly hit their mark on a few different things throughout the year. It does just feel like this year has missed uh, for lack of a better term, signature Dragon Gate pizzazz. And I don't know what that is. I can't put a finger on it. I can't give you a specific example. But I, I could certainly hear that argument that it's missing just a little bit of that. And I, you know, like you brought up Glade, I think that when you kind of see something and maybe something that now five years we kind of have to acknowledge was maybe it is something that when you had those two sides come together, you got those... 15 years or those 20 years and we're able to create that but when they're apart it's just not the same and it's not necessarily a bad thing i mean i'll say this i feel like given all, all the difficulties that's happening right now at least like economy wise and all of that uh i still like dragon gate's future i still love the promotion it's still like not not, not a thing where like i've been i i've been able in the past to like get through stuff like aew is a promotion now that i very much get through at this point and i more so than not this week i felt like that but i i wonder if a little bit of it is the fact that you know like when everything kind of split and shook out like the magic kind of was like spread out and it just you know it's not as magical anymore and i wonder if there's a little bit of that yeah, I don't know, because I, I, I will still be the first person to shout and defend at, at other pundits and, and, and people in the Discord like, this is still an elite-level promotion. It just is. It, it just is. I've, I've got 54-plus star matches this year. The in-ring has been great, and there's been high-end stuff this year as well. It's just in an odd point where, you know, it constantly feels like we're waiting for dust to settle. There There's a an anxiousness to this promotion. You really don't know what's happening next. And I think maybe the argument can be made, okay, for so many years in Drangy for, you know, a decade plus, we didn't know where the company was going, but we trusted them. We knew there was a good driver behind the wheel. And now we don't know where they're going and we're checking GPS on our phone going, are you sure this is where you want to be? Are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure this is going to be the plan? Because I, I, I think 
uh, to some degree, trust has been evaporated, even if, again, I mean, God, I look back at, at cards from 2017 and 2018. Those were not good shows. That, that's a period of the promotion I have no interest in going back and watching. Whereas, you know, stuff from 2021, 2022, 2023, there's a lot of good to be found there. There's a lot of stuff that I'll feel nostalgic for in a few years. A lot of stuff I'll want to go back and rewatch. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's an interesting, interesting time for the company. Yeah, and the, the the one thing that I'll add on to it, like it is something that when I've been like thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks, and it just was something that kind of came to head uh, over recent days today, and I felt like why not plop it now on a week like this? Uh, I, I I think back to uh, twenty twenty and in COVID, where even though Dragon Gate kind of was forced to go behind doors and everything was was kind of like thrown up in the air, what do we do? Dragon Gate was the one company that you look at the empty arena Sambo Hall show, the empty arena one, the half after that, and then the King of Gate stuff before they went back in the crowds, and they were still going forward. I don't know. It, it does not feel like recently Dragon Gate has gone forward. It, it feels like that there has been this wait, and at least last month, I, I could have gone like, oh, this wait was for TN Revolution. Obviously, can't you can't blame that on the company. You can't blame what happened with revolution's injury on like the booking or on anything like that i guess for me it is something where i i feel like i've like talked to you at least privately about this for years now like the idea of the generation change and the specter of what is dragon gate as it moves into a generation of people who will have been who would not have been born when torimon happened like that that's been a reality more and more on that. And maybe it is the lack of trust that I wish I had as they're going into this thing. And they're they're at this time where I think that there will be a Dragon Gate in five years, but it's going to be a company that just because of natural progression of time and people's careers, I mean, we're on a week where we're having 25th anniversary celebrations. There's a it, it, I'm not going doom and gloom here. And if it comes off as zoom and gloom, I'm sorry. It's reality. This company will be drastically different in five years. And I just wish at this time where we're kind of preparing for that, that I felt a little bit more confident with the person at the wheel. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I wish... I wish everybody could get into the mindset of adapt or die with this company specifically because I think far too many people hold on to nostalgia and, and haven't been able to readjust the lens that again and i will i will reuse the phrase this is still an elite level promotion even if some of the faces and some of the tones have changed real quick i have one more question for you in regards to this i do want to go through the units just in my own mind real quick you know we both agree i think vibes is a gold medal a historic unit one that is so great that has done good for so many different wrestlers I am a little higher on Zebrats than you, although if you would have asked me at this time last year, I would have said they're on their way to being a historically great heel unit. I think that has dipped a little bit. Gold class is a mess. I won't be able to properly evaluate gold class for a decade. Uh, you know, decourage is what it is. I, I think jury's still very much out on them and their legacy. And I will forever be the high man on M3K. I love this unit. I love what it's done for Mochi, for Susumu, for Kanda, and for Junior. And I, I think Saito deserves some credit there. But as we put a bow on this conversation, if you had to give a letter grade to Rio Saito as a booker, where are you at here? 
am I allowed to do pluses and minuses? Are uh, yes. We just... No, that's where we went to America. I don't know what European schools do, but we went to the American <laughs> school system. Well, plus, yeah, plus or minuses are great. What do you mean? Yeah. I, hey, I had a couple professors that just said there are three grades in this class, A, B, or F. So, no, no. A, B, or F? No. Grad school, man. Oh, what, what a sham. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think I decided not to go for my doctorate? I, yeah, I, I don't. I, it's, look, I, I, I got a, I got a girlfriend in grad school right now, and I, I can't believe some of the mumbo jumbo she's got to put up with. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Though it would be fun to be referred to as Doctor Michael Spears on this very show. If that's I, not I, I, would, I would never do such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. The, 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 it's more of me stabbing myself on the shoulder for that. But letter grade, All right, a, a proper letter grade. Here you go. I would go. I would go B minus interesting I, I i'm sorry it is something where i think that you if we decided to go through the main event we did we talked a little bit about it but the main event title picture and the way that i don't think that other than yuki oshioka i don't know if anyone necessarily we can say is that much better off like shun was strong going into his second title run like like, like let's not uh act like that it was the big elevating thing this was kind of the thing where he needed that and it was the right time to do that i don't know if if you would say that uh that that the title picture merits anything higher than a b minus like well, okay well okay so the the champions since august of 2021 it's yamato it's kai it's yoshioka it's shun on that short run and then it's kakuta I, oh man I don't know. I didn't like that Yamato run because it, it it made me a little uncomfortable. Like we were kind of starting at ground zero after every defense. I liked the Kai. Uh, I liked the Kai title change. I liked all of Kai's matches other than the Yoshida match. Yoshika uh, Yoshioka stuck the landing there. Shun stuck the landing. You know, had the match with Yoshioka that I I think I like more than everybody else. Had the match with Strong Machine J that did its job, and then had the match with, with Kakuta that was great. And I think I think everything through Kakuta getting the belt has actually been pretty strong. Even with Kobe World 2022. Mm. Checkmates. No response to that. Well well, well said. Well said. Like, that was, I, I, uh, I, yeah, that's no, you're you're not wrong. It, it it's something where like it, it, if it was something that it was just Kakuta just feeling kind of like a lame duck, and now we're looking at like a month where he's basically holding the title hostage if it was just that i probably would go b to b plus i can't but like when when it's all said and done we're going to talk about like big dragon gate moments dia losing his mask will make the top five and i think that if it was something where the dream gate picture was better we'd be talking b b plus but i can't act like i that that he booked a, a, a very strong kobe world and that he does not have weird ideas with the dream gate no, that's look. It was my my point at Kobe World was I I think this is the guy who has a history now of getting too cutesy with the Dreamgate belt at certain points. You know, instead of being very direct heel versus face, he's 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 done some odd stuff that I haven't always agreed with. Yeah, it it, it was just something that I felt like that coming to a head. We used to do general. Uh, we used to do GM Rio Saito. How are you doing? It just felt like it was time to do a report card on a week like this one. Did you have any other really thoughts about this Kobe Sumbo Hall show? It was fun, but it did not really, other than Kakuda and 
Ishin and Fuda deciding to have their own match. It, it, it was just an, a nice uh, monthly show, it felt like. Yeah, I actually, I, I do want to spend just a little bit more time on Kobe because I came oh, into the, I, I came into this show super down because I, I it aired on the 30th, but I did not watch it until uh, the day we're recording the third. And so by that point, not only had the TN injury been confirmed as something serious, but I knew it at some point on this show, Nagano was going to get hurt and Fudo was going to get hurt. And I, you know, I just li- life has, has gotten the better of me lately. I'm behind on everything. I, I'm behind on Lucha. I'm behind on New Japan. I'm behind on AEW. I, I, there's very little wrestling being watched in my life right now. So my fingers are a little bit off the pulse. So I, I don't have great momentum of like, God, I just watched this one great show. Now I'm going to go watch my favorite promotion. I, I was just basically staring at, the, at, a, at a loaded gun going, oh my God, I have to watch this Kobe Sambo Hall show where two guys get hurt and their young prodigy is confirmed out for an extended period of time. This is going to suck. And it gets off to a slow start, but I, I actually really enjoyed this show. And I want to talk about uh, the, the matches four and five here, just real quickly. The Zebrats match, Yoishin Kai and Shun versus Fuji, Doi, Fuda, and Kondo first. And then we'll talk about D-Courage versus the rookies. I am so impressed with Rio Fuda. And, and I have shouted it and shouted it and shouted it. And I think one day I will be proven right. This guy is just so talented. If he can stay healthy, he is going to be a, a very active participant in things that matter within the scope of Drangate. And if he can make it to his hometown in Sendai, I think he and Ishan are going to put forth a tremendous Brave Gate match. Yeah, it, it it is something that Fuda and Ishan basically brawl the entire match, and it rules. And it's something where like you have the you have the ringside brawling that eventually everyone gets back in the ring. But that, but as soon as like Fuda leaves the ring, he goes right over to Ishan and they start smacking the shit out of each other. And it is just awesome. And during that brawl, the big, the, the entire eight man tag brawl, do you notice who Fuji went after? It wasn't against the Zebrats guy. No, no, I don't. Oh, he went after junior again. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So like you had all of this, like going with it and, it is something where I'm fully converted on Riafuda. I think that it's it's something where like I always thought he had the talent. It just was I was not I, I, I come from an era of Dragon Gate where I remember when people get do poorly and then they get put in fat guy gimmicks. And it was something that like there's still something that kind of in the back of my head was going like, I don't know about this. I just don't know. But through the, the entire build and everything of this, they get to Sendai, it's going to be a belter. And I have all confidence that it'll be a great match. Yeah, like I mentioned, I think it was last week, you know, Ishin and Fuda are tight behind the scenes. So I, I would imagine they're going to put forth an extra effort here to sort of solidify Fuda. It's, it's funny you mentioned Don Fuji. The other thing I want to bring up with this match was there's a great spot where Fuda goes on this big run of offense and he knocks Ishin into the corner and Fuda sort of starts to, to take a breath, to take a break. And Fuji is on the apron just telling him to go, 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 go after Isha. And it's a perfect use of Fuji. And it's a reminder like, man, Fuda's been on an island his entire time. At best, you could say he had a loose affiliation with Kaisuke Akuda when Akuda's stock was at the, at the very lowest. And I just think Fuda being able to match guys literally in the sense of color coordination and having a group around him uh, – 
even from a kayfabe sense, I just think that is going to do so much good for him. I really hope it happens sooner rather than later. I really like this eight man tag. Yeah, it's something where, you know, it's one of the things about Fuda that I think in some ways holds him back a little bit. And it's not like a bad thing. It's something that just kind of happens. You know who he reminds me of personality wise? Who's that? Susumu. Okay. He kind of has just like a even kind of disposition. He wears purple. It's one of those things where like I kind of always get a Susumu vibe for him. But this Ishin feud has really got that has really pulled out like the the fact that well, there's no doubt Riyafuda wants to get his ass and him showing anger and like this is something that at least for me is a big step forward because I thought that he was kind of just a very uh just chilled out striker for a long time you know I needed this I needed to see some fight with him yeah look I I, I love him I'm thrilled for him I, I I really hope he knocks out of the park and gets healthy as for the Open the Triangle Gate Tournament Championship match, I want to spend just a minute here. Daya Kakuta and Yoshioka versus Nagano, Tanaka, and Kato. What did you think about this from an in-ring perspective? I was close notebook. As was, was I. Three and three quarters on as, it. As, as was I. Y- Yoshiki Kato is someone that I'm so glad he's back and everything is is seemingly on the up and up with him because... I really enjoyed the portions with him and Kakuta. As did I, Mike. I'm glad we talked about this because we're on lockstep here. Yeah, it it is something that Kato, he is such a different kind of person on this roster. And just physically, the fact that he towers over everyone and has has like this power fighting, just determination that like, it was very earned. Like there was a deep near fall where he hit the metal, the modified blood fall on Daya, and I bought it. I was like, "Oh shit!" The 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 rookies that again, Kato Miracle Kato. He's the one rookie who was able to beat anyone on this roster, and he did it. I I they had me for a moment. They had me there, and then they had me with Tanaka going for a flash pin on Yoshioka. And I thought this was another really solid Tanaka outing. Uh, yeah, this was that uh, like like you said, this was this was a really good match. I, I enjoyed this. So if you have not seen this show, watch the last three matches. I think they are all well worth your time. Yeah, like that's the thing about this Kobe show. Like the first half of it, the Kung Fu Masters match, given the fact that it had Punch Monaga in it, over delivered to it. Uh, you had a Royal Sambo that was randomly like M3K versus Natural Vibes to start. That was just kind of there. But when you get to match to the meat of the lineup here, I mean. Three matches threatening notebook, one match making it. I really like it, it. It's something that even with our consternation, I do thoroughly enjoy this promotion as much as anything else in the world. What, especially when you have when you're able to see matches like this, where you get to see a back half of the show that really, with the exception of Fuji, Kai, Kondo, and Doi, sickeningly young, sickeningly young back half. Yeah, look, I, I, I will I will end this by saying I, I think pretty confidently that Dragon Gate has had a better 2023 than AEW. Uh, let's talk about the Buyadin show happening this week. Mike, I'm going to give you a second to pull up the card. I'm going to have you read it because I'm sure there's names on there that I can't pronounce. But this is coming <laughs> up in just a few days. Shinjuku Face. This is the Masaki Mochizuki Produce Shows, the third one from this year. It'll be live on the Dragon Gate Network. The first two shows were a ton of fun. I, I, I really loved the fact that they brought them back this year. I've enjoyed every one of them, and I really, really like this card on paper. 
Yeah, and something that I've noticed, Case, you know who has not been pulled from this card? Who's that? Riafuda. Oh, boy. All right, that's good to hear. Yeah, uh, I I will have a written review of this up for Voices of Wrestling sometime this week. It's a five-match card, a whole lot of meat to it. Opening, uh, Ryo Kawamura from representing Pancrase in Yokohama, teaming with Ponchitomanaga versus Hikaru Sato and Riafuda. That's uh, you, you get DG shooters and you get actual shooters on that. Uh, open the Wari Gate. Kikotaro defends against regular, regular, ordinary salary man Minonori Sawa. Trios match: Mochizuki Junior, Yoshiki Kato, and Rio and Ryoya Tanaka versus. And I'm reading the translation from Gaor, so I apologize if I get names wrong here. Uh, Fujimura, Ozawa, and Owada from <laughs> Noah. Oh, the so, Noah rookies. That is that. That is my DJ horn. I'm very excited about that match. Yeah, there's a lot there. Speaking of Noah case, we have a match here for me. It, it, it's Yamato and Don Fuji, my favorite occasional Dragon Gate tag team. They're back together. They're reuniting on this one, and they're facing Takashi Sugara and Masakitamiya Pro Wrestling Noah. Main event: Masaki Mochizuki and Fujita Junior Hayato versus Masato Tanaka and Dragon Kid. Buyaden remains nonstop bangers. And this is the I think this is the best looking card of the three they've done this year. Yeah, I I am actually really excited to see Pancho Managa get like absolutely swallowed up by Hikaru Sato wearing a Virgin Killer sweater. I yeah, can't wait. That should be fun. The rookies tag. They've got the right rookies in there: Junior Kato and Tanaka. And you know the thing with pro wrestling Noah, they'll never develop these guys. But as young boys, they're a lot of fun to watch. The the Fujimura, Ozawa, and Awada team. So I, I have very high hopes for that as well. And then before you jump in, I just have to I have to note, I can't think of two wrestlers with greater dispositions in terms of effort and presentation than Don Fuji and Takashi Segura. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean, in a lot of ways, can't you just like mind canon it that they were high school friends? One of them turned out to be the deadbeat. One of them kind of still is kind of a deadbeat, but made something of themselves. Well, yeah, it, like Segura acts like he is like three times divorced and Fuji just <laughs> he, he drowns it out. He's drinking beers in his garage, listening to sports radio I, I and watching train videos. Of course. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's just fantastic. And Masakinamiya, I enjoy him like oh, it, yeah. oh my god yes yeah it, it is something here that like w- hopefully we get cranky yamato here just to add to it that it the the thought process uh behind this i don't know if i'm if i'm willing to put masaki mochizuki booker of the year but i like the way that he's thinking on this show i i mean look at the main event that that is uh mochi and 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 hayato who hayato for me is probably a top 50 wrestler in the world this year based on the the small sample size that i've seen all of it's been great against dk and tanaka which is you know emotional tag team if you want to get into their fmw tie-in that i this is awesome i can't wait to watch this show yeah so um of course uh masato tanaka of fmw uh Dragon Kid, uh former fmw referee uh he did death matches not the most famous ones but more often than not, if you saw a very undersized guy in the referee in death matches, you would see a young dragon kid because you got hazard pay doing those. And uh, Atsushi Onita told him he was too small, but Ultimo said, no, you're not too small. <laughs> Ultimo said, wait, you have money? Okay, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah, got I mean, hazard pay money. You know, I, I, I can give you hazard pay money too. Let's uh, hand it over. <laughs> 
It's a hazard handing me the money. Yeah. Hey, see you in Tijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be by then. It is on Thursday. That is not the only live show this weekend. We're in October. We're in the we're in the busy time. Uh, we have uh, Gate of Victory from uh, Tokyo on uh, Corken Hall on October sixth. It is a, a Jumi, I have the card pull up. Jumi, yeah, please, down please. It. Yep. Uh, we open up with the Mochizukis versus Don Fuji and Yoshiki Kato. Oh yeah. Uh, uh Kagatara and Punch. I'm sorry, Kagatora and Problem Dragon versus Hoho Loon and Daiki Yanagiuchi. 25th anniversary memorial match, Ginky Horiguchi versus Yazushi Kanda. 25th anniversary memorial match, Susumu Mochizuki versus Kanichiro Rai. Tag team match, uh, Big Boss Shimizu and Strong Machine J versus Shuji Kondo and Eita. Eight man tag, Natural Vibes, KZ, Jason Lee, UT, Jackie Funky Kame versus the whole complement of Z Brats. And then the main event, the 87th Open the Triangle Gate Champion Tournament Finals three-way trios match. Gold class, Kota Minora, Benkei, Naruki Doi versus D-Courage, Madoka Kakuda, Yuki Yoshioka, and Dragon Daya versus Yamato, Dragon Kid, and Punchdo Manaka. Good card. Good card. There, there, there should be some good stuff on this. Big picture, what are your thoughts here? Big picture, I... I like a lot of the show. Uh, I'm not going to complain about revisiting Mochizuki Jr. and Don Fuji in match one, of course. Nope. Uh, it is. Uh, we're going to talk about the 25th anniversary matches in a minute, but I think like the the, the only kind of huh match is match five. Like I get like Shimizu because uh, Kakuda is in Decourage, which is a three person unit. Uh, he has to be in the main event there, so you're not. You, you'll have that bill coming out of that main event match. I think I might be a little higher on the show than you, other than it just kind of match five just is it, it, it's an understandable kind of eyebrow raise. Yeah, I think I was really high on this car when it came out, and I think I still am. I just I, I have to remind myself, oh, wait a minute. No, the the eight man tag should be great. And even there's a chance that Shimizu and Kondo get going and that match is good. This this is a very good show on paper. I, I should not have slided it the way that I did. Yeah, and it's I'll be interested in seeing like Daiki being put into match two with the people that are usually in match two. I hope for a better future for him than this. I just hope that like again, I I the, this is the the uh, old treatment of rookies. I'm just hoping that it's not going to kind of just kind of land there. I think Daiki has made some steps that I would like to see more of him than just uh, teaming with Ho Ho against Kagator and Punch uh, and Problem Dragon. Why keep on calling him Punch Omanaga? I don't know. I don't know. Main I event, know. main event, Triangle Gate Championship match, Gold Class, Minora, Benkei, and Doi versus Yamato, Dragon Kid, and Punch versus Kakuta, Yoshioka, and Daya. Who do you think is coming away with the belts there? Oh, Gold Class. I think they're just gonna put the belts back on them. I would not. I I I, th- I think it's sixty forty. I would not be surprised if Yamato and Dragon Kid and Punch walk away with these belts. Yeah, like honestly, I just think that D Courage, like at that point, you don't want to have your Dreamgate champion have another belt like that's like they're okay doing like brave and twin but i don't think dream should be a part of that so it's really between those two and i do still lean heavily towards gold class yeah so i'm looking forward to that it's been a while since we've had a match like that should be a good time yeah and i hope hopefully it's a traditional three-way and we get two falls i it, it just bugs me when they have one fall three ways i feel the same way but uh, we did uh, kind of gloss over a moment ago. It's the 25th anniversary of Torimon next January 31st. And it is 
even though that's going to be the 25th anniversary of the promotion, it's not the 25th anniversary for some guys, as we are going to have 25th anniversary memorial matches for Ginki Horiguchi, Azushi Kanda, Susumu Mochizuki, Kenichiro Rai, rematches of that first Torimon Japan landing show from January 31st, 1999. Yeah, fun stuff here. I, you know, it, it, this has been uh, a year where they've been doing 25th anniversary house shows. I, of course, celebrated Genki Horiguchi's 25th anniversary by talking about his El Numero Uno performance, which turned 20 years old this week. And I expect these two matches to be pretty emotional, and, and I expect them to be a lot of fun. And I sort of, you know, once in the last half of this podcast, reminiscing about these four guys. Yeah, so it, it, it's something where, at, at least with these four guys, it is. it feels like that this is like that generation... The, the door's not closed, but the door is closing with this. And especially for someone like Kenichiro Rai, who is back off of Dragon Gate shows, it feels like. It's nice seeing him here. But yeah, Casey, uh, I, I guess I'll uh, hand it over to you. You kind of had a couple of questions for for us to talk about with these four guys. Yeah, so we just spent an hour talking about the the here and now in the state of Dragon Gate. We're going to spend the next you know 25 minutes talking about uh, the past, the nostalgia, the the remember when. It's not the lowest form of conversation here. It's an interesting discussion to be had. We'll start off with Genki Horiguchi. I've got three questions uh, for each guy, so I guess we'll actually go question by question here, not guy by guy. But when you think about Genki Horiguchi, what are the first match or matches that come to mind? Weirdly for Ginky, I think about Mad Blanky versus Jimmy's for Ginky. Oh, the 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 unit disbands match. Yeah, I I kind of go for that one. Uh, El Numero Uno, I view as like kind of like an overall event with that. And it here's like the sad thing: as much as I enjoy the fact that he was King of Gate 2012, I could not tell you he who he faced in that match. Ooh, finals of King of Gate 2012. I'm going to have you look up the correct answer to this. My guess is that it was Akira Tozawa. All right. I'm pulling that up right now. King of Gate. Because the, the next year, I know the next year was was Ricochet and Shingo in the finals. Right. And the year before, King of Gate 11. I don't even remember who won that. So, uh, you, so you were correct. It was Akira Tozawa losing in 2012 to nice. Genki Horiguchi, just taking a battle axe in my heart. Uh 2011, it was Hulk versus Konda, but Konda got the first title match, and they ran Hulk at Kobe World. That's right. Okay, do you still have King of Gate 2012 pulled up? Yes, sir. Was that... Did they do the format where they did the semifinals and finals in Osaka that year? I just have brackets. I don't have days. Okay, let me let me look that up real quick. Now, now I'm curious just to see. I don't know who he wrestled in the semifinals, and I, I would like to know that as well. So Genki oh, won... Genki, uh, he faced a mochi. Wow, I don't think I've seen that. And that was at Kobe. Okay, so they just did the finals at Osaka. Uh, they did Kobe the night prior with Tozawa and DK and Genki and Mochi. I, d I don't remember that Mochi match at all. Yeah, and like I, I guess like the frustrating thing about that 2012 one, now that I'm looking at the bracket, was that Tozawa was kind of finally, he, he, he beats Doi, he beats Yoshino. And he beats Dragon Kid, and it's like, okay, he's already taken out like the two top people of his generation at that point. Like, now is he going to finally take that step where he's kind of been lagging behind the rest? This was pre the announcement of the Big Six, but this was still in there, Big Six, and it was Ginky's Night in the Sun. 
If anybody has this May 18th, 2012 show, please shoot me a DM. The fourth match on this show is Masato Yoshino and Pac versus Shima and Eita Kobayashi. And I would like to watch that. Yeah, this was the uh, the uh, King of Gate that uh, Eita got in because he won King of Chop. That's right. Run. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he beat KZ in the first round of the tournament to show you where KZ was at at this point in his career. Yep, absolutely. So what's your ginky match that comes to mind? So I obviously I go to Shima uh, El Numero Uno 2003. The other one that comes to mind, and this is one of the other greatest matches in Dragon System history, and I, I, I would certainly put this, if not in my top three, then at worst my top five. I think of, and now I'm panicking, uh, just to make sure that Ginky was in this match, even though I know off the top of my head that he is, uh, because, yes, of course he was. This was Kobe World 2005, the Open the Triangle Gate Championship match between Doofixer, and this was Ginky and Saito and Dragon Kid, and they wrestled the Blood Generation trio of uh, Shima, Don, Fuji, and Naruki Doi. I think this is one of the best matches and the history of Dragon Gate's five-star match. And a lot of that was built on the back of Genki sort of being the super worker in this match. Whereas when they would wrestle in Ring of Honor a year later, that match was built around Dragon Kid and wanting to make Dragon Kid be the star. I don't know if Genki's performance was as heavy-handed. I don't think they were going into this match hoping that Genki Horiguchi was going to come out of it a superstar. If anything, I, I, I would think they would want that for Rio Saito. But Genki, just down the stretch, there's so few wrestlers in all of wrestling that are able to produce engaging closing stretches the way that Genki does. And this was him to me at his apex. Yeah, that's a good point. Cause when I think about like a best era of Genki, I think it is do fixer era, right? Yes. Genki was just a little bit of hair left over. Yeah. Yeah. It is basically where my hair is at right after a haircut, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I, I realizing that like no one else other than me knows what I'm saying about that. But yeah, I it, it's something where I think afterwards, like you, you get into like his big heel run. Like, yeah, it's a kind of around that with do fixer going face kind of at one point. But I think like that heel run, it took a lot to kind of get me back onto the ginky Horiguchi train. But going into it in do fixer felt like he was at his peak. Yeah, I am not into heel Genki. That's always something that has just never, never really clicked with me. Yeah, it just kind of is kind of stank. And it's one of those things which is kind of disappointing because I think like objectively he had like one of the most insanely cool heel looks. Yes, yes, he did. And it just never, never matched up in the ring there. As for his opponent on this show, Yasushi Kanda, what match or matches come to mind when you think about Kanda? I... I the match that comes to mind right now and it's something where like uh I I spent some time I think it's the Twin Gate win. I think it's the that that's the one this year. I think that that was the one that kind of put it over defeating Congo was like the match for me just because I think this is we're seeing his best work right now in his entire career. Yes. And it's something that I don't think I shout this from the mountaintops high enough that that uh, Yazushi Kanda in his 25th year of pro wrestling, after having one of the more traumatic uh, injuries one could have and come back to wrestling 20 years beforehand, is doing some of the best work out of anyone on the planet. I mean, Case, Yazushi Kanda, 50th best wrestler working today? Oh, he's going to be my top 50 for sure. Yeah, I think it has to be him. And 
even though I think that actually now that I'm really thinking about it, it's the Ray Perry House Finals versus Decourage is the match. Like as much as I say it's a title one, it's really the match where they just went all out. And I I will think about uh, the opening with the uh, plancha dies to that match for a long time. I have a I have a uh, a very hot takeish question for you. I'm just curious as to where you stand on this. Yeah, go ahead. In the year 2023, and I am talking purely from a bell-to-bell standpoint, who has had a better in-ring year? Yasushi Kanda or MJF? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck ah. you. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Honestly, you see, this is a tough one because I do enjoy someone who's able to work. And MJF in this face run has proven to be a hell of a worker. I, uh, ugh, ugh. I, okay. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a sicko for people not doing as much, po- doing as little possible and getting the biggest response. Uh, he, he's, he's giving me, he's giving like Boston Gardens 1985 show. And I, that, that is not a, that is a compliment from some people, not a compliment from me. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, who am I enjoying entering more? It's Yuzushi Kanda. Yeah. I've got four Kanda matches at four stars or higher this year, including one at four and three quarters and one at four and a half. I have two MJF matches at four stars or higher this year. Uh, the four and a half star match against Brian Danielson and then a four star match against Adam Cole from June. Uh, I could not be lower on MJF as a personality, as a wrestler, as an entity right now. Kanda, meanwhile, having the best year of his career. So there you have it. Yasushi Kanda, a better wrestler than MJF in the year 2023. Yeah, and it's something where with Kanda, I'm instantly like, I know that this is his mountaintop. To steal a quote from Tim Storm. But I really do think like I now have like a certain energy towards him that I could not have any time before this. Like through the history of Open the Voice Gate case. Yazushi Kanda's stock has never been as high as it has been right now. No, I, you know, well, well, uh, let's table this discussion for, for later when we circle back to Kanda, because I think there's a point to be made here. Uh, but first, I want to talk about Susumu Yokosuka, Susumu Mochizuki, Jimmy Susumu, if that's okay. Yes, let's do it. All right, same question. What, what, what are the matches that come to mind with Susumu? So, two matches. The first one is uh, y- Yokosuka Chome versus Amigo Tag. Mm. Uh, uh, that's the original Jimmy's versus uh, Masato Yoshino and Sachioko Boy. That's not as much a Susumu match, but it is, I think, the loudest that I've ever heard Cork and Hall, at least on video, was during that match. And then I. The, the further I get away from it, the more I hold the Kai versus Susumu Yokosuka match. Great poll. Not, not one I thought about. Great poll. Yeah, and it's something where I think that when you look at Susumu, he is someone that when you get into legacy, he is, like, like we've talked about him being like the Tim Duncan of, of pro wrestling, and I probably owe you like five bucks at this point for using that, that poll quote, but it, it's something where... Susumu has just really you you could almost pick an era of his career and I was like trying to think of like okay what's the him as a as a Jimmy singles match I was like yeah he had like the insane match against Flamita and 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 then from there I'm just like oh wow I think that this guy is someone who has one of the more like shockingly deep uh match records out of anyone in wrestling working today yeah I you know for me Susumu you got to look at 
the Shingo matches, and that is the 2008 match. That is the three matches in Dragon Gate UK, and those are the two matches from 2016, the Valentine's Day one and the one from early March Champion Gate. I think he did his best work against Shingo. I think they're two of the greatest, you know, at worst 25 wrestlers. I might put Susumu in my top 20 at this point. Shingo, of course, a top five guy. They did their best work with one another. They are, uh, you know, maybe other than Shingo and Will Ospreay, they're each other's best opponents. The other one that I, I always feel like Susumu doesn't get the, the love for this match that he deserved is Susumu and Shima versus the Young Bucks from the first ever Dragon at USA show. Yeah, that one was so much fun. Like, that is one that I think in a lot of ways, especially where the Young Bucks were, I think that that was like a huge step forward for them. And then as well, like, basically Susumu and Shima going like, we're going to get you guys over. It's okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow us and you'll you'll be better off in 16 minutes. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I I don't think, like, I, other than, like, Rewind and Rewatch, like, thinking about, like, 2009 Young Bucks is one of those, like, properties. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, the path you will take to get to where you are now, and that's going to involve basically being uh, paint-by-numbers by Susumu Yokosuka. Look, I, I always tell you in private, I, I wish I had 28 hours in the day. If I had 28 hours, I could do everything I need to do in my life to pay bills and have relationships with people, but also I could do everything I want to do for this podcast. One of those would be a very, very deep, very, very long rewind and rewatch on the career of the Young Bucks, because let me tell you, by 2009 better than most tag teams to have ever existed. Not historically, but that run in 2009, that starts, you know, what would become a, a decade of pure destruction. Yeah, like, that, like that's the thing. Like, I maybe uh, didn't give them enough credit just then because they were already on board by 2009. This wasn't like uh, them in PWG at that point. Like, the, the, this was two years after doing significant Dragon Gate work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, final guy on this list when we talk about the matches uh, before we get into eras and legacy real quick as we sort of round out this podcast. Kenichiro Rai, Arkin, your guy. Uh, what matches come to mind when you think about him? So it, it, it's something where, and for me, it's very hard for me to kind of look at him outside of this guy's. I think his best work was done with Taku Owasa as his tag team partner. Mm -hmm. I think that the best match of his career and one that if you're someone... I don't know if this one is up on the uh, network just because this was before they officially became Dangerous Gate. Uh, this is uh, September 22nd, 2007. It is for the WAR International Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. It was uh, Ryosuka versus Kenichiro Rai and Taku Awasa to Tozawa Juku. That's probably, I think, like his best tag match. But like just for like emotion-wise, I'm going to go towards... Uh, Gate of Destiny, Zetterans versus uh, uh, Tozawa Juku. I also have a Takuwa Wasa match, although mine is with the aforementioned Susumu and Ryo Saito. This is from the famed No Ring Show in 2008 Summer Adventure Tag League, the Arakan and Awasa versus Saito and Susumu match. Just a perfect example of showcasing Arakan and Awasa's creativity, a, a tag team like none other, in a just excellent pro wrestling match. Yeah, they had a four and a quarter star match at the very least in a ring with no ropes. With yes. no with, like, no, it, with, with no nothing. Yeah, with just basically the canvas on the ground. And it, it, it's something with uh, Arakan. I think like it, 
it's almost unfair kind of how things kind of played out with him that like I think he is someone who does not get enough credit for the Torimon era through the end of uh, Tozawa Juku uh, for how he was as a worker just yes. because of the fall off him. And a lot of it's starting with the Trumpers and that kind of becoming his character. But so, I, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I was just going to say, but leading up to it and really up to his heel turn joining Real Hazard, I think his Real Hazard stuff still was pretty strong. I think you're looking at then a decade of stronger work than people realize. One of my biggest takeaways, and this is, this was the start of the pandemic when I did this. So even, you know, it was already a few years ago, but when I went back and watched Dragon Age 2005 from start to finish, one of my big takeaways was, Oh, even by this point, like Arai is a really good wrestler and he really matters. You know, he, he's not a main event guy. He's not looked at on that level, but he, he's almost a bit of a gatekeeper. Like, you had to prove yourself against a ride to really mean something. And he's awesome that entire year. Yeah, there's like a series of, and it's not just through like 2005, but there's like a lot of strong, like grimy singles matches that he has that I don't think it's get enough credit. Yeah, I completely agree. There's also a spot where he and Doi are wrestling at Kobe Chicken George, and Doi goes to throw a missile dropkick off the top rope. And Arakan blocks it with his head. And so Doi, Doi takes the bump, even though he kicked Arakan in the head. And that is one of the best spots ever. I, and I think that it is something with Arakan that no one got, like, especially out of that Toriumon, like, first through classes, no one got the vibe of who they were going to be for the remainder of their career immediately as quickly as Kanichi or I. Yes. <laughs> well, I think when you look like that, decisions <laughs> are made for you. <laughs> Fate has made your decision. Yeah. All right. So real quick here, uh, we, we already talked about this a little bit with Genki Horiguchi, but the best era of these guys' career, I, I guess we'll look at this as when what unit were they in when they did their best work? Uh, fire these off here. Genki, Kanda, Susumu, and Arakan go all right so as i said uh ginky do fixer uh arakan tozawa juku just because the uh, shen m2k is up there but like i do think like the, he was like one of the few things that were really kind of working in those two m2k variants uh kanda m3k yep like i think that it is something that we we give our flowers when things happen on this program and we have to recognize the kind of career he's had Sasuma is the tough one, man, because you can make an argument that Typhoon era Sasuma Yokosuka might be the best Sasuma Yokosuka. I, you know, didn't even cross my mind. I wouldn't say that, but I can't argue it. But like going like maybe not like purely uh, Typhoon, but Typhoon into Warriors that like 07 through 09 uh, uh, or before all the shenanigans with Ryo Saito and the heel turns. Yeah, I mean, even by that point, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And we're talking about trash bag pants Susumu, mm-hmm. where I think his look is so bad that it's almost distracting. But, like, I that guy's, he's incredible. You know, he's just, oh, my God. Yeah, and he saw the singlet at some point. Yeah. It was a it was an awful look, but it, it's he worked, re- really bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what are your errors? I would go do fixture for Ginky, like you said. I would go M3K for Kanda, uh, like you said. I would go with the Jimmies for Susumu. I, I will I will always think of him as a Jimmy, and maybe, you know, Saito and Genki might have owned that branding a little bit more. But when I think about the Susumu matches that I love, 
it's Jimmy's era Susumo. You know, that was that was his best stuff uh, to me. And then for Arakan, I would either say Shin M2K or Final M2K. They were largely the same unit, or at least his presentation was the same. But that era of his career, for sure. He just looks so cool with a Sukaban on. You yeah, know? look great, yeah. Yeah, it, it, there was a few people who are more made to wear a Yokosuka jumper. It wasn't Susumu Yokosuka. It was Sua and Kenichiro Rai. I am mad that that tag team never really happened. Oh, Sua. But he, he looks like he's going to go to, uh, he was mentioning he's going to Susumu's anniversary show. That's awesome. I, you know, we talked about that with Jay a few months ago, but just the, the return of Sua as a public figure, we talked a lot about, you know, depressing Drangate things early on. I still think that is something that's just like, I don't know. I see Sua on my feed every day. We follow each other on Instagram and I'll like look at, you know, some like shitty concert thing that I filmed and put on my Instagram and I'm like, oh, Sua watched this video. That's insane. <laughs> Sua has a lot of thoughts about Postal Service. And yeah, like, like, album. Like, like Sua knows more about the Chicago punk scene than he should just because he's in, <laughs> he's like adjacent to my life now. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, no, he's going to be at the show on the 7th. That's he's awesome. Dead. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but oh gosh. So Sua and Arakan. I, I mean, doing it for us follically challenged guys out there. <laughs> Just doing it for it. All right, real quick, and, and you can answer these in a you know a sentence or two. We don't have to go too long on these. But if I ask you, what's the legacy of Genki Horiguchi? What is your response to that? Uh, the greatest crowd work guy of his era. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I think of him. I, I I think Dragon Gate will be very lucky if they have someone to take over Genki's role and do it for another 25 years. And I think that person could be Kamei. I think that could person, you know, could be Nagano or Daiki or, you know, somebody we don't know about yet, but I, I think sometimes people have the wrong view and they, they look at, you know, well, who's going to be the next Shima? Who's going to be the next Shingo? Who's going to be the next Mochi? And those things are crucial. Don't get me wrong. But I also think filling the void that Genki Horiguchi will eventually leave, and has slowly started to leave, is going to be incredibly uh, uh, crucial to this company's success. Yeah, if uh, if Jackie Fungi Kamei is 75% of the crowd work guy that Genki Horiguchi has been, I will feel happy. Yeah, I, I, I drag it will be in good shape if that happens. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, Konda's legacy, I think you have to look at Konda as as proof that you can't write someone off. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think our answer to this would be drastically different if we had this conversation at this time last year, but he's, he's rewriting history as we speak. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, no. And it's something that like, if you were, I bet if you were to pull Yuzushi Kanda aside in 2006 and be like, all right, you're going to come back. You, you're coming back from this devastating cervical dislocation. Like one of his, one of his vertebrae moved, almost as far as it takes to sever his spine. It did not take any, and as we see now, he's living as much as we could tell a very fulfilling life, but he had to retire for about two and a half years. And it was something that I was not around that time, but the going through uh, records, going through results, going through like things like this, there was no like thought of Zushi Kanda coming back, but you can't count someone out. And if you went to Zushi Kanda right before his reunion or his return where we were like, okay, so this Renaissance idea is going to ruin. It's not going to happen, but stick with it. 2023 will be your year. I who think would have thought. who would have thought, who would have thought, uh, Arakan for you. Okay. So I want to hear what's your Arakan legacy thought. 
he was in the wrong promotion. You know, I think if Arkan has the same career, but he does it throughout seven years of war rather than 20, 25 years of Torimon and Dragon Gate, I, I think there would be, and I use this term lovingly in this instance, but I think there would be perverts online that would tell you, I is, you know, one of the most unheralded workers of the era. You know, this guy got it. it you know, unfortunately for him, the people, at least in the English speaking world, that would have been his biggest supporters are the people that wrote him off because of the promotion that he worked in. I I, I will always say this about Arkin. I can sum it up pretty easily. Whenever I see him, it puts me in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. And I, at least for me, I will say that some of that mood is bring me back to Tozawajuku when I really fell in love with the promotion. But yeah, imagine if like GCW discovered WAR Arakan. Yeah, oh my God, that'd be, he'd be huge there. He he's looks like a fucking bum just like the rest of GCW. I, I mean, I would guarantee that he would probably have the cigarettes for backstage every show. Uh, yeah, you could probably you could probably get a lot more backstage. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so uh, upsta- upstanding organization for sure. Yep, yep, nope, for sure, for sure. Uh, Susumu, uh, I I feel like I should leave this one to you because you're gonna. I have a feeling what you're gonna say. Well, look, you know when the history books are written, I I don't know if he's the greatest Dragon Gate wrestler of all time, but he certainly has to be in the conversation. And I think the people that are above him, you're now talking about Masaki Mochizuki and Shingo and and maybe Shima and maybe Yamato, but I, I just, I think Susumu is one of the best people to ever do this thing that we all love. And he will never get the credit he deserves. It bothers me. I think it's unfair. I don't understand how he's not universally beloved and recognized. And, you know, I, I, there's no scenario in which I think he'd ever leave. You know, maybe if you went to New Japan, it would be a Shingo thing where people go, oh, I get it now, but it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to come to that. You know, he is just one of the most talented people in this entire industry's history. Now, Case, I have a first thought, worst thought question for you. Okay. okay? Uh-huh. I want you to compare these two guys. Just I'm going to give you their names. Think about their match dialogues. Think about their entering careers. Which one's better? Okay. Uh-huh. Susumu Yokosuka. Shima. Well, I, I believe, and I, I will pull up my last greatest wrestler ever ballot. I might have had them next to each other. You know, ooh, ooh, the, okay. the difference is going to be, you know, for as much as I've enjoyed parts of the last five years of Shima's career, he just has not had the continued success that Susumu Yokosuka would have had. So therefore, and, and as I confirm here in 2021, I had Shima at 27th all time. I had Tomohiro Ishii in the middle at 26, and I had Susumu Yokosuka at 25th all time. I could very reasonably talk myself into Susumu being a top 20 guy. Now, he would have to get through some tough names here. You know, I've got Okada, I've got Kurt Angle, I've got Jumbo Saruta, I've got Nick Bockwinkle and Ricky Choshu ahead of him. But at, at the very least, I think Susumu belongs in that name of guys. And Okada and Angle and Jumbo and, and Bockwinkle and Choshu, I think Susumu Yokosuka fits in with that group very well. And historically... You've heard it here. Susumu Yokosuka has had a better career than Shima. There we go. I I, I don't have anything else to add, Kiss. I think that that was something... I, I'm going to have to go and reassess where I had the Dragon System guys on my GWE now. Like, we're at the midway point. It's time. Hey, remember when we did a podcast with Alan like three years ago, and I was like, 
I just can't put Brian Danielson in my top 10 because I think, <laughs> well, because I think that he's wasted a decade of his life wrestling in WWE and I don't enjoy him there. And even the stuff that everybody likes, like the John Cena match and the Triple H match, I don't like as much as other people. And then you watch him in AEW and you go, oh no, this is the greatest wrestler ever. He did waste a decade of his life in a promotion that was beneath him and he knew it was beneath him. And I was fucking right about that. Oh God. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. He's doing the best work of his career. Now he's like, Yasushi Kanda. Two guys having the best year of their career. Oh, Brian Danielson, Yasushi Kanda. I can't think of a better note to go out on case. Anything else before we're out of here? No, this was a blast. This was a good episode, Mike. Yeah. This was one that I think, well, I think we peeled back the curtain a little bit earlier today. We were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And I think that this was one of the more fun episodes we've done in a while. Like, and subscribe and share the podcast and donate on red circle. And I hope all of you have a great day. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for us here. We're at open voice gate cases at, in your case, I'm at Fujiheya. We'll be back with you next week. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks.